Hello, everyone. I'm Casey Kingry, and I'm here to welcome you to the Doom and Bloom podcast. This is a space where we learn to take the challenges that inevitably exist all around us and teach ourselves how to interface with those inevitable challenges in a way that helps us to grow, thrive, heal, stretch, expand, and ultimately really bloom. You know, Thich Nhat Hanh said, there is no lotus flower without the mud. And I'm a big believer that everyone in life is going to get dirty, but not everyone in life is going to use the dirt as fertilizer to help them grow and ultimately thrive. So thank you for being in this place. And thank you for being a person who's willing to lean into the challenges of life, knowing that those challenges are actually the mechanism that that, that are here on this earth to help you grow into the person that you were born to be. So this um, podcast is specifically around the crown chakra, Sahasrara, and this concludes our seven um, seven podcast. For me, it's been seven months because I've been theming about each chakra for one month as I teach in the yogic space here in Minnesota. But this basically concludes a seven-month journey through the chakra system, the primary chakras anyway. And so we started at the bottom and now we're here. <laughs> that is my favorite joke to say, and no one thinks it's funny but me, but I keep telling it nonetheless. So we started at the base of the spine, at the bottom of the spine, in the root chakra, Muladhara. And the root chakra was all about our humanity, about being in our bodies, about putting the, the feet that belong to those bodies strongly planted on the earth and being in right relationship with Mother Earth. Um, so at the beginning of this conversation seven months ago, we were talking about embodiment and embracing our humanity and allowing ourselves to be fully human, flesh, bone, blood, alive. And now we've ascended all the way up the chakra channel, all the way up the spine. In energetics, we call that the shishumna, the shishumna nadi. It's an energetic pathway where these um, primary chakras live along, along the shishumna or your spine. And now we've traversed our way all the way up from the tip of the tailbone. And now here we are, we find ourselves at the crown chakra, which is at the very top, the tippy top of, of the head, the crown of the head. Um, it's actually see, uh, seen as a portal of opening at the at the top of the, the head that is a portal for divine light and love to get in. All right. So now, you know, we started at the bottom and now we're here. We started in our humanity, in the meat of our bodies, in, in, in a conversation about embodiment. And now to conclude this exploration, we find ourselves in the exact opposite type of energy where the crown chakra really reminds us that, yes, we are alive. Yes, we are embodied. Yes, we are human flesh. And also we are so much more than that. We are souls and we are spirits and we are energy that cannot be, you know, created or destroyed, that we are eternal, that, that we are so much more expansive than our human bodies. And so this is why I love yoga is because it gets to be a both and, and I find myself getting very emotional and I'll just say that, you know, that, that that this is one reason that I no longer identify as a Christian, although I was raised as one, because in that lens, in that tradition, it seems like one has to choose. It seems like, you know, and it's, it, you find it in scripture all the time that the mind or that, that, that the, the body, the flesh, 
and the spirit are at war and that the body is bad and that we have to choose and and choosing means a rejection of this human flesh of the embodiment right and so the yoga says no 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 this is the blessing of being alive it's also the curse it's also the tension it also makes it really hard but this is the blessing of why we are sent here to be alive in this way at all is that we get to be both we get to be fully human and fully spiritual all at once and that makes it hard because we're getting pulled in two separate directions but it also makes it so rich and beautiful and amazing and so i just you know i feel like i could just stop there actually because this is why i love yoga is because you know in, in our modern western world and also in judeo Christianity and in a lot of the major religions in the world, you have to choose. You have to choose. It's an either or. And that's really why I drank, if I'm being totally honest, is because I didn't want to shut down my body. I think that there was something inside of me that knew that my body was telling me the truth and my body was giving me all this wisdom. But I had learned, I had been told that I couldn't trust it, that my body was evil, that that it was going to lead me astray. And so that's why I drank for 20 plus years is because I didn't understand. I didn't know that there was another option that I could actually choose a spiritual framework that felt good and right to me. And that spiritual framework is the yoga because the yoga doesn't ask you to cut off any parts of yourself. It just says, no, 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 you need a bigger basket. My first coach that I ever worked with told me that. He said, Casey, you don't have to cut off these parts of you. You just need to have a bigger basket so that you can hold all the pieces of yourself. And that's what yoga teaches us to do. And that's really what I learned in this particular study of the crown chakra and all the chakras specifically is that there is such contrast between the embodiment of our humanity and the transcendence of our souls and that we get to figure out what it looks like to bring balance and harmony to those two polarizing intentions. And that really is the mission of being alive is learning what that looks like for you. So today, I think we're just going to jump in to, to what Sahasrara is, what the crown chakra is. And I hope that by the end, you'll really be able to understand what it means to transcend the limited vision that you have in your life and to be connected to the entire web of creation. That it's my, it's my hope, my wish, my prayer that at the end of this, that you would truly have a sense inside of your body that you are not alone, that you are part of a bigger fabric and that you might have some tools or insights or lessons to help you tap into that knowingness that you are part of a grander place plan, a greater scheme, and that you are held in the bigness of this life, um, connected to the vine, to the, the connected to the vine, and also connected to the, to the divine. I think they might be the same thing. All right. So let's go ahead um, and, and just see what Sahasrara, the crown chakra has for us today. So if you haven't joined us for the chakra conversations up until this point, then I'll let you know that chakras are a metaphysical concept that help us to bridge the gap between the parts of our existence that we can see and the energetic parts of our existence that we know are there, that, that we can feel that impact us, but are a little bit more difficult to quantify or de define or to understand. And so what the chakras or energy centers teach us to do is to look through the lens of what each chakra 
Torah has to offer us and then apply that to our lives to see where there might be opportunities for more balance, to see where there might be more opportunities for healing, to see where there might be more opportunities for you to grow into the person that you were born to be. All right, so Sahasrara translates directly from the Sanskrit to mean thousandfold. And something to know about the Sanskrit is anytime there's a zero, like a 10, a hundred, a thousand, it represents, um, it represents infinity. It represents um, exponentiality. It represents um, limitlessness for the lack of a better word. And so this thousandfold Sahasrara is like a thousand petals and, and that you are in turn also filled with the number zero, quote unquote, thousandfold limitlessness. And, and therefore you have access to the same properties as this limitlessness. And so, um, you know, it's a really beautiful concept to hold inside of you, this thousandfold concept that, um, that, that you are indeed, um, there are no limits on you that, that while you are in a body, you, your spirit cannot be quantified, that you cannot be stopped, that you cannot be managed, that you are truly, truly an exponential being. Um, and I think that that's really beautiful. And, and this concept of thousandfold, it really connects us like a portal to the essence of the divine. And it really, when we speak about the divine in yoga, in this context, it's, I'd really like to offer that it's whatever that means to you. And so when you tap into this sense of not having limits, like where, where do you get that sense? Do you get that in nature? Do you get it in church? Do you get it in the yoga space? Do you get it when you're walking? Do you get it when you're outside? Do you get it when you're with your animals? Do you experience this with your children? Do you experience this when you're reading or learning or when you're meditating or praying? So it's really this sense of transcendence and the way it feels inside of you um, that Sahasrara wants you to connect with. Um, so this energy center wants us to connect with God or source or the divine. So really something that I've really learned, it's really interesting to me because I've taught on the chakras multiple times. And when I do so, I fully devote myself to them. And it's kind of amazing how like this time, it, they almost feel brand new each time I encounter the chakras. And something that really became present to me was that, you know, there is no right or wrong when it comes to God. And when you look at what's happening in the Middle East right now, it's very clear that the world does not agree with what I just said. And that people, when they are devoted to these major religions, it becomes a, a way of seeing the world. And, and there, there is very much a right or wrong, that there is a right way to follow God. You know, Christians believe that there's only one way to follow God. Um, Muslims believe something that I found so fascinating um, as my heart has just broken and cracked wide open for Palestinians in Gaza is that Muslims, when people who are not born into Islam or practicing Islam and they start to practice Islam, um, in other religions, we call it converting, but Muslims call it 
reverting and I feel myself getting emotional. I think it's so beautiful because they actually believe that Islam is the one true path to God and that we were all born into Islam. And that when you convert quote unquote to Islam, it's that you're just returning to your original true essence, that you're not converting to something that you're reverting, that you're remembering something that you already knew and you're simply coming back to it. And I don't know, there's just something that I feel is so precious about that sentiment. And yet again, it's another religion that believes that their one and only is the tried and true way. And so if you've been with me, you may have known explicitly or you may have picked up on the fact that I have been on a big spiritual quest and that in the last handful of years that I have essentially discarded my identity as a Christian and allowed myself to simply connect with the divine in the way that suits me. Because when I was a Christian, that was when I was also suffering from alcoholism. And and now I can see looking back over my shoulder that it was that tension between the body and the spirit and and the demonizing of the body and and, and either or and having to choose between those two things. And and you know, it's really the concept of original sin that we were born separate from God that I just cannot subscribe to. Like believing that I came into the world flawed and broken and that I need someone outside of myself to restore me to right relationship with God, that harmed me for many years. And that is why I drank. I had shame and I had um, a heaviness and I felt that I was just born wrong and everything I did was wrong and that is why I drank. And I think I knew somewhere deep inside of myself that that wasn't actually true about me but I didn't feel that I was allowed or I didn't feel safe to argue with any of those concepts, to push back on any of those concepts. So long story long, in the last several years, and especially in the culmination of this crown chakra study that I just did this past month, is that I am allowed to meet God in the way that feels good and right and true to me. And so I just want to invite you into that same knowingness that you are allowed to meet God in the way that feels natural and good and true to you. All right, that we are not meant to twist ourselves in knots in order to get to God or be available for God, but rather it's meant to feel like natural and maybe even organic or dare I even say easy. Right? I think all of us know that feeling of what it's like to experience the peace of something bigger than ourselves, right? And now we have all these rules that say there's only one way or you have to read your Bible or you have to you know, be in a devotional or do these things. And so then we can, it's our human tendency here in the West to just start to check off boxes. Oh, this is the right way. Oh, well, I want to be good and right. So I guess I better do all these things that everyone else says is right. And I'll just keep doing them, even though they don't necessarily touch my heart. They don't necessarily make me feel better. Sometimes they might actually make me feel worse. And then we just keep going and we wonder why why we're miserable. We wonder why we feel hollow or hurting or disconnected. We wonder why we drink, right? Like this is why. And so in this conversation, like, I really want you to to know and hear that 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 God gave you your specific wiring and you're allowed to meet God, the divine source 
in a way that works for the way that you have been wired by the creator of the universe, by the mystery beyond all naming. Okay, so I don't know, take that for what you will. A huge component of accessing this crown chakra energy is creating alignment in all of the six chakras that lie underneath the seventh chakra. So I really want you to hear my heart on this. Is I The message that I am here to portray is not that you have to be in perfect alignment so that you can get to God or that God can get to you, all right? Because there's really nothing that can stand in the way of, of you interfacing with God, right? And, and I know in my lowest moments, I have felt the power of God in my life. And so I would never come here and tell you that you have to have all of your shit in one sock in order to access your crown chakra. That is not my intended message. Rather, my message is this. We become so clogged. We become so full of, you know, chronically making decisions from fear, chronically going into these habitual negative or unwanted emotions, chronically habitually telling this story about who we are and what the world is and what is available to us based on those stories, right? And what I am here to tell you is that if if your root is just constantly in fear and you're always worried and you're always trying to stave something off and you're always just like, you know, um, holding the feeling of worry inside of your body, it just feels like common sense to me to tell you that like, God probably can't come to you with this divine message about your next creative mission or what you're being called to as your dharma in this life when you are saturated with worry. Does that make sense to you? Because it makes sense to me. Or if you're constantly judging yourself or others as being wrong or not doing it right or not there yet. Like it just makes, again, common sense to me that that these really noble or beautiful or evolved or elevated messages probably just don't have the space to get in and that your energetic vibration probably isn't in a state or status that will welcome in. So vibration uh, um, um, is all about like meeting like. You know, it's not like finding a hole, a key and a lock and fitting it in and clicking and like having just doing something one time and having the whole world open up to you. It's about the way that you're vibrating and knowing that your vibration will attract a similar type of vibration. So if you're closed and scared and worried and defensive and protective and doing all these things, and I'm not talking about like you did this on a Tuesday because someone cut you off in traffic and and you felt scared the rest of the day. I'm talking about the way you perceive life all day, every day. You know, that when we're filled up with misalignment or malalignment in our other chakras, if, if your heart is broken, it's hard to receive a higher calling, right? It's so it, it's, it behooves us when we want more access to divine wisdom, when we want more access to our dharma, to our life's purpose that's been given to us or bestowed upon us or that we co-create with God. It makes sense that to, when, we, when we open that up through the crown, that it would be the most well-received when there's some level of homeostasis or harmony or balance in these other chakras. 
So really to me, like, instead of receiving that, like, oh my gosh, I have so much work to do to like clean up all these other chakras so that I can like be available for something greater. I feel like it's great news. It's like, there's always ways for you to, to, to cultivate more balance in your life so that God can touch you. There's always ways for you to bring more harmony to yourself inside so that you might be more available for the divine whispers as they want to speak to you, all right? So there's always ways for us to bring more restoration to the inside that we might receive God from the inside and from without. So if you've listened to all the other podcasts, the other six podcasts about the other chakras that live below the crown, what have you learned? What have you learned about yourself? And how can you take that learning and use it to create more inner harmony so that you are more whole, more grounded, more open, more clear, more available for the source of all that is to work in and on your life? So the archetypes of this energy, I always love to give archetypes. And my study this round has been through the Book of Chakras, Discover the Hidden Forces Within You by a a person named Ambika Waters. And so she delivers archetypes for each chakra in this book. And and for this particular energy center, the, the spectrum, so this isn't to judge yourself, this isn't to label yourself or pigeonhole yourself or put yourself in a box. It's just to kind of look and see where do you find yourself on the spectrum, on the chasm between these two polarities of energy. So the archetypes for the crown chakra are the guru, the guru is how I will say it, G-U-R-U, guru, and the egotist, all right? So the guru is someone who knows who they are. They know the divine force moves through them, And they are identified with that divine force as a substratum of their being rather than the temporal parts of life. Let's pause there. So the guru knows that the divine force is a substratum of their being and not just a temporary part of life, right? So the guru knows that God is in all things that the divine is with and inside their being always. And it moves through them in, in, in every realm, in every conversation, in every interaction, in every transaction, in every conversation. All right. So the guru lets life move through them and takes them even deeper into consciousness themselves. All right, so I'm going to say that again because I botched the words a little bit. The guru lets life move through them and take them even deeper into consciousness itself. All right, where the egotist is someone who thinks that their efforts alone carry them through life. They see themselves as separate from a greater whole of existence and that their striving and their effort controls the outcome of their life. And I feel like this is very much the American experience. Do it yourself. If I don't do it, no one's going to do it. If, if if do it, do it. What's the saying? Um, if you want something done right, you've got to do it yourself, right? And 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 it's our hustle culture, right? It's the hustle culture. We've moved away 
from from communal culture we've moved away even from extended family culture where where we don't lean on our our elders we don't lean on our families even our aunts our uncles our grandparents we don't take care of our, our elders the same way as they get older right we see we're very individualistic that that i've got to do it i've got to prove to the world from the beginning to the end i work with so many of my clients who struggle with perfectionism and perfectionism can actually be a trauma response to prove to the world that you've got what it takes to do all of this yourself, right? And that's how you get love is by being self-sufficient and not needing anybody and doing it all on your own, right? So these are actually really damaging um, ways of being in the world that as Westerners, we see them as badges of honor, right? So a lot of what I tell you, it's very countercultural. I might even add, like offer that it's super rebellious and badass, right? That, that the yoga teaches us to lean towards the guru instead of the ego, that, that it's actually not a badge of courage to do life all on your own, to do it all by yourself, to accomplish everything all on your own. Um, I saw a meme on social media the other day that was so beautiful. I, I, I don't think that I saved it. And frankly, I've got so much stuff that I'm sharing and saving that I'm like in a sea of, of, I don't know if I could find it even if I tried, but it was something about how humans believe that that we are the fabric of existence, that humans are the web of life. But really humans, we're just one strand in the web of life. And when, when you, like a web, like a spider web, like a web of anything, when you pull on one strand, it moves the whole web. And that's really what this guru energy feels like to me. It's like understanding that we are a part of a web of creation and that I am simply one strand in this beautiful fabric of life, right? And what would your life be like if you could see yourself that way too? If you could be connected to God in all things, in your finances, in your day-to-day, -day, in your interactions with your kids, with your interactions with your partner, with your interactions at work, if all of that was just part of a greater whole, if every decision that you made was part of a greater whole, if, if, if we could see more impact that we have uh, of where our food comes from, of, of how the choices that we make impact people on other parts of the world. So I've really understood in the last several months that I am an activist, I'm a Libra, justice is super important to me. And I also think it's part of my giftedness as a coach of being able to see things from the root and also to be able to see how the, those things at the root can impact the, the, the and ripple out into this web of life in ways that we may not ever know. And the yoga really teaches us to care about those things. The yoga teaches us that we are all one and that I cannot experience my personal freedom to the fullest extent that is available to me until all of us are free in the same way that I am free. And so really part of being the guru and, and understanding that this divine force is part of your substratum and also part of everyone and everything else's substratum is starting to fucking care about what happens to other people on this planet. And I know I just dropped a big F-bomb and I'm not even going to apologize for it. You know, there's so many things going on in the world right now that like the U United States government's money is funding 
that literally make it so that I can't sleep at night. And, you know, um, it's time for us to care about the people that we can't see. It's time for us to care about the decisions that our government is making that impact people across the world. Um, and I'm talking about Gaza and I'm talking about Palestine and I'm talking about Israel, but I'm not only talking about those things. I'm also talking about the Congo that, that the tech industry and the, the actual, um, green energy movement it's it blows my mind that um that as we're talking about electrical car electric cars and 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 saving like not mining for petroleum products that we literally have neglected the fact that we're not mining for petroleum products anymore we're just mining for other minerals and other precious metals and now what we've done is we've displaced millions of people in the congo for our cell phones we have dis displaced and and basically murdered millions of people in the congo for our electric cars right and so part of this crown chakra energy is starting to feel our connectedness to god and to others through god and to start to see the web of all creation and to see our impact that the strand that, that the strand that you make and how your strand is pulling on the other strands of other gurus, other divine beings in the world. All right. So I'm not here to project my politics onto you. And I'm also not here to apologize for mine. And I believe that the yoga is really speaking and moving through me right now. Um, and, and this is part of it. This is the yoga is not a passive practice. Yes, yoga is about harmony and acceptance and love and peace, but not at the expense of others. Yoga is all of, also about action and doing less harm, ahimsa. And when we see harm being done, of not being okay with it, of recognizing that when other people are being harmed, that it impacts me because we are all one, right? And that your pain is my pain. And what happens to your children happens to my children. And when you're afraid, I need to care about you being afraid, all right? And so I know I'm on this big soapbox now. Um, and if I've turned you off, just notice that. I was gonna apologize for turning you off, but I'm not going to. I'm gonna just ask you that if anything I've said has triggered you or activated you or made it so that you don't wanna to listen to me anymore, I might really ask you to sit with that for a second before you make any changes. You know, there's this line from Alcoholics Anonymous, I think is where it originally came from, where they tell you to take what works and leave the rest. And sometimes that fits, but I, I actually, the, the deeper I go into this work, that, that notion, that lens, that slogan or saying, I think is actually super damaging because when we take what works, when, when, when someone like me is speaking to you and when you're listening to me on the other end and you choose to simply take what works and leave the rest, that might be fine, but I would really encourage you to take some steps in between those two, those two, um, actions is that before you choose to discard something that's uncomfortable, I would ask you to realize that when you take what works and leave the rest, what you're basically agreeing to do is you're agreeing to take everything that already supports your existing way of seeing the world, your existing way of being in the world, and anything that falls outside of that that makes you uncomfort uncomfortable to just automatically discard it. And I'm here to tell you that when it comes to growth, when it comes to healing, when it comes to transformation, when it comes to actually healing this 
beautiful and freaking broken world that we all live in, that approach, taking what works and leaving the rest is not going to work. All right. Because here's the problem. The problem is, is that the thing that you're going to discard, the thing that I or someone else has said to you that's made you super uncomfortable, I would bet you a million dollars that it's actually in that thing that you're about ready to discard that your healing lies. That it's actually, if you would be willing not to just automatically discard to discard that and look at it instead and say, why do I want to discard this? What makes me so uncomfortable about this? What would I need to change or upgrade or what would I need to let go of in terms of my belief system or the way I perceive the world in order for me to be able to accept this? And if I could do that, what would be available for me that isn't available for me now? And if you get through that entire inquiry and you're like, yep, nope, doesn't work, doesn't fit, doesn't help for my healing, there's, there's nothing for me here. If you can genuinely say that, then yeah, turn off the podcast. I'm not for you right? But my suspicion is that there's, if you were really honest with yourself, there would be something for you to examine and something to upgrade inside of yourself. Okay. I just really went in a direction that I did not imagine going. Um, Watching this all go down between Israel and, and the Palestinians in Gaza and watching the American government, it has, I, I'm having a hard time sleeping. I'm having a hard time. um, I'm just having a hard time. And so Uh, Thank you for allowing me to share with you and to process what the yoga means to me in the context of these very, very important geopolitical issues. And, you know, truth be told, I'm just waking up to all of these things. I'm I am just fully understanding how the decisions I make impact the people around the world. I need a new phone for my business and I don't want to buy it because I don't want to be part of the problem. So I don't know what to do. Right. And so I'm right there with you. I'm just waking up to all of these things and I'm very passionate about it. And this is one way that here in the West, you know, I'm a white woman teaching yoga. This is how I do that is to advocate, excuse me, is to speak for these things, is to say, hey, everybody, let's not just wear Lululemon and, and stretch. All right. Like the yoga is meant to be carried off your mat into the world. And this is what that means to me in this moment. What else can I offer you about the crown chakra? The mythological animal that represents this energy is is the eagle. And I live in Minnesota and I can't even tell you, we have this family of bald eagles that's been living and circling over Minnetonka. And you you can see them when you drive by and they're just spectacular. And guess what? They have spent the last week here where we live on Dutch Lake, this small lake that's just adjacent to Lake Minnetonka. And they have been living here and hunting here over the past week. And it has been such a treasure for my partner and I. We have just enjoyed it so much. But I I think it's curious that, you know, not that it's all about me, but I pay attention to these synchronicities that I've been in this crown chakra energy, this, this soar above your life on wings like eagles energy. And now here are six eagles that have essentially camped out in my backyard. It's so beautiful. But when you think of a bald eagle, what, what comes to you? So this energy reminds us to soar high above the circumstances of our lives. The energy of the crown chakra, Sahasrara, and the eagle, they remind us to zoom out and to remember that the circumstances and the challenges that we face on the daily are simply one snapshot of this moment in time. They don't represent the entirety of your life. See, we humans, we get blinders on. 
we get tunnel vision, we get so wrapped up in the day to day of the circumstances of our lives that and we live like that day in and day out and day in and day out that we 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 forget and then we think that that is all that life is. And we think that that's all that we're here to do and we forget we forget that we're actually souls, that we're actually these spirits on this enduring conquest, this enduring journey, right? We forget that we're actually bigger than our bodies, then we're bigger than the problems that we face, that we are sahasrara, thousandfold, limitless, right? And so when the energy of the eagle is here to remind us of that, and I'm here to remind you that you, my friend, have in fact survived 100% of your most challenging moments. Congratulations on making it this far in life. Congratulations on making it through. You know, in, in transformation, it's so easy to say life is short. You know, tomorrow isn't guaranteed. So get your shit together now, right now, because you never know when it's going to be over. But the eagle reminds us, the crown chakra reminds us that the opposite is always true. That, that theoretically, anyways, that life is also very, very long. And it behooves us to do this transformational work sooner rather than later so that you don't have to live the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years seeing yourself and life in this limited way, right? So the eagle reminds us that life is short, but life is also very, very long. And that, that life is so much more than this singular moment that you're facing. And that when we can zoom out and when we can couch our experiences, not just in the immediacy of this moment, not just with the blinders on, but when we can take off the blinders and remember and look back and look forward and say, okay, this is just one bend in the stream. This is just one leg of the journey that life is in fact a marathon and not a sprint. And this is just one mile, so to speak. How could that perspective change and bring you more peace and power and presence in your life if you were to choose to see it that way? Okay. This energy represents the element of the entire cosmos. That to identify with the crown chakra means to identify with the entire universe. So I don't know, maybe doing your birth chart or something in, in, in the solar system, in the galaxies and the planets could bring you home to, to crown chakra energy. Um, this energy is also associated with the pineal gland. The pineal gland lives right on the top of your head. And they say that it's actually um, light sensitive so that you can receive light in through this gland and then based on the light that is received through this gland at the top of your head through that spectrum of light then the pineal gland will secrete melatonin and other hormones that are known to affect tranquility sleep light sensitivity menstrual cycles and other deep rhythmic cycles of the body right so this concept of letting light in both literally and as a metaphor are really powerful, right? The light that you let in through the pineal gland can then inform the light, so to speak, that, that, that translates to the rest of your body and its inner workings and its mechanisms, right? The same is true that the light that you get from the realm of God 
then infiltrates your system and can can speak and can bring harmony and balance to the other chakras, right? So it works in both ways. It works in reverse that we can bring alignment to the six chakras underneath the crown to help facilitate a more readied system for God to come in. And then also when God does come in, when source comes in through the crown, that that energy can then bring more healing and homeostasis to anything that is out of balance underneath it. Right. So it's a both and. So when we focus on opening the crown, opening the pineal gland, it opens us to a, a higher mind, to illumination and to a sense of oneness within all things. Um, if you're my client or you've worked with me before, one practice that I offer that I'd like to share with you now is this concept of zooming out in relationship to your life being sort of like a chapter book or a story. So I'm not an author. I want to be one one day. But in, in terms of fiction anyway, if you're reading a fictional novel, what, what the author has done, the author has, has given you chapters of this book. And in every chapter, the author gives you exactly the information that you need to prepare you for the next chapter and ultimately to guide you to the finish, to the end, to the culminated product. So what if your life was the exact same way and each chapter of your life was meant to show you something, teach you something, grow you in some way that would prepare you for the next chapter, for the next leg of the journey? And so what hindsight is always really powerful, but what, what would be possible for you if we could actually bring the power of hindsight into the present moment? If you didn't have to wait for this season of your life to be over to understand the lesson it was trying to teach you. Because here's the thing about the way the brain works is that if the brain sees value in something, if the brain can see that there's a lesson going on and there's actually like a, a, a value to, to hard times or to challenges, your brain can get on board so much easier and move you through the challenging times so much faster and even more seamlessly if you know that there's a purpose behind it, all right? So if you're going through hard times or you could just follow file this away to use next time you go through a challenge, ask yourself, what is this chapter of life here to teach me that no other chapter of my life can teach me in this same way, right? Ask yourself that and try to glean the wisdom of the challenge in real time rather than having to wait down the road to understand it. This can help to broaden your perspective and it can help you to give you the strength and the presence that you need to get yourself through the hard time, okay? So tips for cultivating the crown chakra or sahasrara. You can wear the color violet or you can wear the color white. If you see kundalini practitioners or teachers, you'll see that they're all in white and very often they have a turban, a white turban on their head, which is directly linked to protecting and enhancing this crown chakra connection with God. All right, so wearing white, um, wearing something on your head that's symbolic of this energy, and, and it, it can be white or it can be that shimmery sort of illuminated white, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, connecting with grace, beauty, and serenity. So literally just being calm. Moving through life with grace is a very crown chakra expression. So anytime you notice yourself doing that, anchor that in, really pay attention and, and, and notice what you're doing, thinking and feeling and being in order to have that 
sensation. See if you can do more of that. Uh, one way to connect with the crown energy is to practice and experience stillness. All right. Just letting things be and seeing what comes to you. In that vein, a, a, a practice of fasting can help lead to a greater sense of inner alignment. So I'm not here to promote fasting as a dietary mechanism, but sometimes um, clearing the system of digestion of food, um, clearing your thoughts of planning meals, you know, just taking that whole operation sort of off the table and consuming liquids can help clear the slate of your body, clear the slate of your energy. And really, like I mentioned earlier, that sometimes we're just clogged. This gives the body a way to unclog, to not have to sort of uh, worry itself with the, the tedious mechanisms of digestion and processing your food to where you can just be available for God to get in. So some people like to do fasting as a spiritual practice, and this is where that comes in. Again, I would like to encourage you to create a spiritual framework or context that is vital and resilient that can help you and hold you help you hold you and process your life experiences. So my partner and I not even so much recently I think it's probably we're coming up on a year now we've been attending a unitarian universalist church and it's everything I never knew I always wanted. And I have given myself permission to be in a worship community that aligns with my values and feels good to me. Um, and I give you the same permission. So what would it look like to meet God in a way that just feels really natural and good to you? And what would it be like for you to just go do that thing? All right. Uh, rest, tranquility, peace, contemplating the wonders and mysteries of the divine. Uh, balancing worldly activity and spiritual pursuits. So that's like finding this nice harmony between being embodied and being spiritual. I mean, that's what Jesus was, right? God wrapped in man, right? And so Jesus was God embodied and, and Christians believe that we were made in God's image. So it makes sense to me that then we would also be God embodied, Right, that God lives within us and that maybe the human experience is just finding a balance between the two. Um, a daily practice of prayer, meditation, reflection, yoga, tai chi, etc. All of those can help um, keep the lines of uh, the conduit, the lines of communication open between you and source. Um, and really just practicing doing your best to remain stable through the changes of life. That is crown chakra energy. I'll leave you with a few mantras. God is in me, above me, below me, and around me at all times. I seek the highest truth and the most healing ways to live my life. My spirit is eternal. It loves beauty, harmony, peace, and joy. I trust that my highest good and greatest joy are unfolding now. I honor all people, all religions, and all spiritual paths. Each leads to God. Thank you for my life, for who I am, and for what you have allowed me to become. 
I hope you know after all of this that you are not alone, that you are not alone in this experience of life, and yet you are. We are. We come into this world on our own, and we leave this world on our own. And so while you are not alone, while you are held in the arms of divinity, while you are one strand of this human experience and this experience of all creation, really you are on this sacred mission, just you, your soul. That's what I mean by being alone, that you are on this sacred mission. What do you want it to feel like? What do you want this one precious life of yours to feel like? And how can you fall into the web of all that is and be held and move yourself through this experience of life, connected to the divine, connected to yourself, connected to all that is? All right, my friends. So this is part of the work that we do in coaching is um, exploring these places where we feel separate, exploring these places where we think that we have to do it all on our own, Um, exploring these places of of understanding what it means to be connected to source and and understanding what, what we need to do or be or think or feel in order to facilitate that connection. So if you've made it this far, I'd like to make you a special offer that you can go to my website. It's lifecoachingbylotus.com. And you can book a one-on-one consult with me, a free call. And that's, if you want to coach with me, if you want to understand what more of this is about, that's always the first step. But you can take a special step and just go to lifecoachingbylotus.com and then add a backslash and then the word chakras. Lifecoachingbylotus.com backslash backslash C-H-A-K-R-A-S, backslash chakras. And that will take you to my chakra inventory. And you can book a free call with me. And we can go through each of the seven chakras one-on-one together and sort of see where you're functioning in these places right now and come up with three ways for you to bring more balance to your chakra system right here, right now in your life as it is. So I hope you'll take me up on that offer. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you for doing this work with me. Um, We're graduating the chakras and now we're going to move into yoga philosophy so the yamas and the niyamas um so we have that to look forward to as well as some education on living alcohol free this is going to be a wonderful year in 2024 thank you for being with me um literally go with god right sahasrara thousandfold you are limitless so go with god know that you are held and connected at all times as you move yourself through this precious experience of your life. Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. Peace be with you. May it be so. Until next time, my friends.